I'll watch like a half and I'm like, okay, like I've seen this game before. Like I know exactly how this is going to play out. Like I don't need to watch the rest. Like what was it? The Knicks game. I like watched the first half and I'm like, yeah, I don't need to watch the second half of this game. Oh, the next game was the one I'm like, I might not watch a game the rest of the season after this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they sucked me back in. Yeah. Um, I'm sure they'll make us furious tonight against Cleveland when like they should win and all of a sudden they're losing. Well, Cleveland, know, man. It's, 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 Cleveland's been falling out. Cleveland's been yeah, bad. they've been falling so, out. <laughs> Jazz should get that one, I'd hope. Anyway, but yeah, they're just yeah, man. I'm ready to get going whenever you. Yeah, are. I'm I'm good to go, and we can talk about anything and everything you want to talk about. I'm I'm good to go. So sounds good. Sounds good. Um, all right, yeah, I'll just start it up. Three. Two. Welcome to another episode of the Low Expectations Podcast. I am your host Ty, coming to you here Tuesday. I think it's Tuesday. Um, afternoon. <laughs> Slow intro here, but joined with a frequent guest at this point. Haven't been on in a little bit, actually. I think month and a half, maybe, but uh, usually comes on about every month or so. Uh, Mark, Mark Wallen. How you doing, Mark? I'm, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be back on here. Yeah, I've been MIA a little bit. We were talking a little bit before we started the show. I've been in a master's program, and it's just been a total time suck. And I've had little yeah. time for, for anything else uh, outside of that. And uh, so I'm... I, I can only imagine, man. It's, but uh, yeah, we, I thank you for taking some time to join me today, talk some NFL, some NBA at the end, see where the conversation takes us. We usually have a good, good 45 to an hour long conversation, football, basketball, bounce back and forth. Um, this main podcast is going to be football centric, of course. Round one was uh, only a couple days ago at this point. Uh, so if you can think back that far, we're going to recap a little of round one, what we saw there, talk some round two games, what we could potentially see uh, going forward, and then maybe some NBA at the end. That sound good to you, Mark? Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, all right, man. Uh, let's just jump in. It was a. So, what, first question I have for you How'd you like? Uh, I guess the the super wild card weekend, the extra games. Could you go back now to just to just the normal wild card weekend, or do you definitely want to stick to this format? I I really like the format personally. I don't know. It kind of uh, it kind of had a, a little bit of like a like a March Madness type feel to it. You know, like where games are just like stacked back to back to back, and you just kind of have like a couple days where, you know, you sit down with your popcorn and your drink, and you just kind of, that's like what you do, you know, <laughs> for like the, the few days, and right, I yeah, like, like Saturday and Sunday are just a blur to me, because I just woke up at around the same time, to be honest, about kickoff uh, of the, each game, and then it was like, okay, now it's night, and okay, I didn't see the sun once in two days. Um, <laughs> but you saw a lot of good football, but, you know. I mean, not all of it was good, but we, you know, it was fun. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why. I think every game was at least somewhat fun. I mean, that Bears Saints game was kind of a lag, but um, like other than that, I thought like because even the football team, and I guess we can get to all this, but I thought that it was a pretty entertaining weekend for the most part. Uh, I'd give it a really a thumbs up. I like I like the format too. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, and like I, you know, it's just it, that's that's what's so fun about like Sunday football. You know, is like you just kind of like you kind of sleep in a little bit. You wake up just around kickoff. You know, the first block of games, and then you just are kind of hanging out for the day watching football. And it's just, you know, it's just like relaxing and fun. And you know, I don't know. That's what it reminded me of. But you had it over a two day span. So yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it. I would love to see that uh, same format moving forward. 
yeah so big thumbs up uh from both of us it sounds like yeah and so fun weekend uh lots of takes to be had uh so let's start bills colts that kicked off the weekend and it was maybe the best game of the weekend uh, it was a really really inter- interesting team could win that Indy had a real shot and then Anyway, but what I was saying is is that at, at times game, what was your biggest takeaway at Buffalo? Buffalo wins that one. Yeah, I mean, I think I think for me, my biggest takeaway was um, that Josh Allen is probably really legit, <laughs> which sounds funny after after the season he just had. But I don't know. There was still like part of me that deep inside me didn't really believe in him and was waiting to see what he did in the playoffs. And, the, you know, he had some of. Hey, and you weren't alone. You weren't alone. I'll just, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but you weren't alone. Just because on, on the preview show I did on this one, uh, this podcast, I said, like, he's had a really good season, but for some reason, there's a part of me that still wants to see this. Game. Yeah. So I, I was, I was really on lockstep in that thought process. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've talked to some other people that, that kind of felt that way. And, you know, it's funny because like I did, I did, uh, I helped with, I uh, helped a, a dynasty football, a fantasy football writer do like a mock dynasty startup draft uh probably like the same week as this and it was funny because i think josh allen was like the sixth or seventh quarterback drafted (laughs) in the dynasty fantasy football startup which you know he was like fantasy football quarterback this year and so you know and in dynasty with him being so young to have him still slide that far was just interesting to see that because clearly people were still hesitant to really believe in him right um so, yeah. so I think that was probably more widespread than was publicly stated just because, you know, people don't want to be that person after the season he had. But, but yeah, no, I mean, he, and he certainly had some struggles in this game. Like there were still some moments where like the old Josh Allen, you know, reared its ugly head and you kind of were wondering, but like he, you know, overall, I think he, he did prove a lot. He played, he played really well and played well enough for them to win. And so, you know, to me, that was that was the biggest takeaway, um, you know, and then maybe other than like, you know, the poor Colts, you know, they're 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 a quarterback away from really being a, a serious team. And, you know, Philip Rivers, I thought, actually played really well in this game, um, but especially down the stretch. It was just clear, like at his age, you know, every time he dropped back, it looked like he's dropping back on stilts like he can hardly move. And, you know, he just he just struggled to really make plays and make things happen. Um to get them a chance to win that game. And so, but it was a good game. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I think, 
you know, the Bills are really beatable, um, but that's going to be a tough team to beat. They're just really dangerous. They got great coaching. They got playmakers on both sides of the ball. Um, so I'm interested to see how they do moving forward. But, uh, but yeah, the biggest thing to me was I think Josh Allen is, is, is real and, and here to stay. So. Yeah. And, I, and we were actually tweeting back and forth a little bit. Uh, I just replied to a tweet you had um, that you're just saying that the development man is really, is really, it's quite Leonard like, and I like the comparison a lot. Like it did, it, it just came out of nowhere. And, and, and it, at least Kawhi was raw. Like there wasn't all this bad film already. Like there was already like two seasons that Josh Allen had put out bad tape. Like I'll, I'll stand by that Like to this yeah. day. Like he was not what he is. Like this is a complete turnaround from the guy we were seeing. Point. Um, in my opinion. And then, yeah, in this game, there were some times where it's like, oh, that was a kind of a weird one. He, he has that rocket type arm, but uh, he ends up with 26 of 35, which kind of just like what he's done all year. And then two touchdowns, he takes care of the ball. Um, he, and then he adds another touchdown on the ground to, for three and then 50 more yards. And that's a thing in the playoffs that maybe they really start to unleash is him on the ground, him using his legs. I know he's run a little bit this year and definitely scored rushing touchdowns, but for him to become an actual runner, to actually just lead their team in carries overall um, as a as a guy, instead of Moss, who's a rookie and had some injury issues, and then Singletary, who I just is, is underwhelming to me. Um, I, I wonder if that is a plan for them going forward, where he's just – he's like the guys we see where he's leading the team in carries and he's the quarterback with Kyler, with Lamar, obviously uh, there's guys scattered throughout the league now that do that, have that potential Jalen hurts in Philly um, just naming guys now, but do you see that maybe as a potential thing for them going forward? Is that not a thing that uh, you would do? Um, and how seriously, I guess, are you taking Buffalo kind of a loaded question there, but uh couple more things on Buffalo. Yeah, I, you know, it's hard to say. I'm, you know, one thing um, that I'm interested to see how it plays out is, is how, how they will continue to play and, and how Josh Allen will continue to play once uh, their offensive coordinator uh, leaves. Uh, and it may not be, it may not be this off season, um, but he's gotten quite a few interviews for head coaching positions. And so it seems like he's, going to get his shot to go coach somewhere else sooner rather than later. And he has been quite brilliant in helping Josh Allen and this offense get to where it is. And so, you know, with him, if he, if he moves on, uh, that can change things quite a bit. Right. And so maybe, you know, from there, it's, it's hard to say, maybe, maybe they kind of try and replicate what they've been doing. Maybe they change things up. I would think that they would want to bring in somebody that can help in the run game so they can try and preserve, Josh Allen as much as possible uh, you know it's kind of like the Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray discussion like at some point you know, you know obviously their their ability to run makes them who they are but like at some point you also need to protect your quarterback and not have them getting hit all the time on these runs and so you got to bring in a, right. a running back to help them with that and so you know you look like like, like, what, what if you, what if you bring in a uh, Travis Etienne or uh, Najee Harris or you know any, any some of these uh, higher end running backs? Najee in that offense. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> like, then you're then you add that dimension. You're a much more dangerous team, and you preserve Josh Allen a bit because he's no longer like your goal line running back. You know, 
Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm just interested to see how that all plays out as coaching changes happen there in the, in the near future. Um, I think that'll probably dictate a lot of, of where they go next uh, with their offense. And, um, but you know, for like right now, are the bills legit? Yeah. I think the bills are legit. Like I said, they, they have a good defense. They have good talent on that side of the ball. They have a good offense. That's been really tough to stop all year long. Um, I still, I don't like really buy them as like a contender per se. Um, I think they're going to be a tough team to beat, but like, I think they're going to have to get a little bit lucky to make it to the Super Bowl. And I, you know, depending on who they were facing in the Super Bowl, but I, I would have a hard time kind of buying all the way in on them. I still think they're kind of like a year away. Um, I think they just need a little bit more seasoning, a little bit more experience. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're a good team, though. Like, I don't want I don't want anybody to misunderstand. I just, I just personally don't necessarily see them as, like, a legit contender like everybody else seems to. Yeah. Um, and, and that's – that's I think that you all – you made good points there. I mean, there's – it's – and then – so my point with Indy, I think we hit on Buffalo there pretty good. My point my – point, my style with Indy that I wanted to mention – is they are the only team in since the merger with 450 plus yards in total of total yards um no turnovers to lose a playoff game <laughs> yeah i mean it's just rivers <clears throat> took the chargers chargers with him uh that's that's a tough one for the colts to swallow i mean Sorry, I think I lost you there for a minute. I think we're back now. Oh, my bad. Uh, but uh, I was saying uh, on the fourth down, um, on the fourth and five near the end of the, the second quarter, uh, that's been the highly controversial of the kind of debated fourth downs in this game of what should they have done. What, just to put you in the coach's shoes, what would you have done there? Fourth and five. You, you From that from the five near the end of the half, or would you have kicked that one? Yeah, I mean, I I would have gone for it. Um, I'm I'm definitely like the guy on Twitter. Like anytime, anytime you're that close, like I just think you should go for it. You know, I don't know. Um, I'm I'm quite aggressive in my thinking in that kind of way. And it's it really it was interesting because this this was not like the only fourth down call in the playoffs. Uh, you know, across all these different series that ended up being really controversial and having what seemed to be quite large implications to it. And in every single one of the cases, um, I was definitely on Twitter saying like, yeah, they should go for it. And uh, so, yeah, like that, that would have been my decision for sure. Yeah. We've always kind of aligned there. I'm going for it. I mean, they, they drive down and they would have taken the lead anyway. Uh, you, you obviously it's hindsight twenty twenty. Oh, look, if they would have kicked the field goal, it would have been tied. But I mean, you can play that game with with anything, you know. I mean, just 
stop them. They now they have ninety like seven yards in two minutes. Like just stop. Them. Yeah. Um. So I mean it's tough, but yeah, I, I am with you there. So we'll move on to the next game, Ram Seahawks. Three and a half point line. Rams went out right. Uh, Wolford starts this game, or Wolford. Been missing that, mispronouncing that all week. Um, <laughs> he starts this game. He gets hurt on the first possession, uh, went style against Seattle um, in the playoffs. And now in comes Goff with a dislocated thumb, pretty much looking horrible for most of this game. Seattle was looking equally horrible. Russell obviously had his struggles. The pick six, not necessarily all his fault, to be fair. I mean, that was a great, great, great play by by the Rams defender. Um, Housed it, really the changing point in the game. Um, So what I don't even I don't even know where to start. Uh, this I thought would be a really a defensive battle. Do you, I just want to? I guess we'll start here. Seattle, obviously. What happened to them? What happened? <laughs> like, because I was I was off making the jokes on Twitter, whatever. But I didn't think this would happen. Where they've just completely fallen apart on offense. Like I don't even their defense wasn't even that bad towards the end of the year. And they just couldn't get anything going on that side of the ball for about a month and a half, except against the Jets. And um, I'm not sure what happened. Do you have any idea what happened to the Seattle Seahawks? Honestly, what I would say is, like, this this is just who they were all year long, um, frankly. I I think their defense is atrocious. And I know they kind of got it going a little bit near the end of the year, like when, especially when Jamal Adams had come back from his injury after missing some weeks a little bit earlier in the season. But, like, that defense sucks. Like, it's Jamal Adams and, like, that's it. Like, maybe Jaron Reed and Bobby Wagner. Like, you know, but, like, that, like they, they just don't have, like, playmakers anywhere other than those guys, you know. And, like, Bobby Wagner's great. Um, you know, he's not as great as he used to be. Jamal Adams, it like pretty much is that defense. Like he's their best pass rusher as a safety. Um, he's their best cover guy as a non-coverage safety. Uh, you know, like I, I don't know. Their defense is terrible. And then their offense. I mean, their offense was working early in the season when everybody was still preparing for them as like a, a run-heavy team and was catching everybody off guard. But I think once teams adjusted later in the season, knowing hey, they're, that's not the same Seahawks team. Like, they're coming in here with a different game plan. I think teams were able to adjust to them and figure it out. And and I think, too, like, you have to give some credit to the Rams. And, and you know, their personnel, I thought, matched up really well with what the Seahawks struggle with. I mean, you had Aaron Donald going against an interior offensive line that is just not that good for the Seahawks. You had Jalen Ramsey going against D.K. Metcalf, who – in their last matchup, I think I think he pretty much shut DK out. I mean, he's he's the kind of corner that really gives DK problems. You know, he can't just play bully ball with, with Ramsey. Like Ramsey's going to give it right back to you. Um, and you know, they just have great coaching, and and they have a they have a better offensive coach than the Seahawks have. And uh, you know, Goff came in and he just did what he needed to do. But McVeigh had the run game going, and you know, again against that defense. 
Uh, they just didn't have enough playmakers to to slow them down and to stop them. And, you know, the Rams just overall top to bottom had a better roster. And I just think, I don't know. I just think the that's, that's who the Seahawks are. You know, I just, they, they were always batting above their batting average this year and the year prior. And I think in the regular season, you can do that. But when you get into the playoffs and you face a great coach like McVeigh and his staff, like, I just think they're going to figure you out. And, uh, you know, this is this is kind of the second time in a row in the last couple of years where we've seen the Seahawks get to the playoffs. And, you know, it turns out they're not as good as people thought they were. And so I don't know. I just think I just think that Seahawks team has a lot more problems um, than they realize that Russell Wilson just finds a way to cover up. And, uh, you know, but it's just in the playoffs, it's just a different animal. And so I just think that's exactly what happened again. So. I wasn't as surprised about it um, other than the fact that like the Rams pretty much didn't have a quarterback and still kind of uh, had their way with them. Um, I would, I thought it was going to be a little bit more competitive just because of that. But like, I think if, I think if Goff is fully healthy, this is, this is pretty much exactly how it goes anyways. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of my thoughts. I just, I just don't, I don't know. I just never believed in the Seahawks team. So I just wasn't as surprised by this result as maybe everybody else was. Yeah, and I, I, I actually thought the Rams could win. I thought I ultimately thought Seattle would probably sneak it out at home because, like, you know, they had the backup playing, and then just Seattle at home find a way. Um, but yeah, like the Rams, you you hit it. I think right on the head with the the matchup point. It, it, and they really do. They match up great with Seattle. Um, the QB stats from this game are really funny. Um, Goff was nine and nineteen for 155 yards and a TD. Like that really went way up on that last drive. Like it was like four of fourteen for like 45 yards. Like late in the third, like he really like that last drive and a couple drives later in the game, and he hit. Then he hit Wood on the touchdown. But and you're right. And to be fair, he was playing on one with one like a broken. Uh, and you're right, he had to do what he had to do. Um, and then you have Russell Wilson, who was 11 of 27 for 174 yards. Most of that was on the DK one he hit for, <laughs> I think it was a, for 55, yeah. I think. And then it was a, two TDs and a pick. Um, and then the star of this game was Cam Akers. 28 carries, 131 yards, a touchdown, and then two receptions for 45 yards. Uh, a, long, a couple long screens there. I mean, this guy really burst out onto this onto the stage uh i think i don't want to sound like i don't even know but like i don't want to sound but like i think a diehards really knew about cam Akers. he was a big recruit he went to florida state um and he kind of had a disappointing college career and because florida state's a horrible but <laughs> Under, understatement now, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah like it's like a disaster that over there but now he's on this on on this team and McVay has found a way to use him he's very talented uh on the ground and catching and yeah I mean he he's a guy just as a Packer fan and now they play Green Bay is a guy that I really worry about just in the screen game obviously Green Bay's had problems against uh the run but yeah I mean that's just funny looking at the quarterbacks just you wouldn't expect that in 2021 I guess now but just the year this has been of offense, less holding everything, and then that's what you get in a playoff game between between Goff and Wilson. Yeah, um, 
Yeah, well, and I, and I will say this. I, I'm a huge Cam Akers fan. Like, I loved him coming out of college. Um, his production in college wasn't great because Florida State had one of the worst offensive lines in the history of college football. Um, but, like, <laughs> he, he's an insanely talented player. You go back to his high school uh, recruiting and what he was able to do in high school, and he's just, like, an insane athlete, like, played quarter, uh, quarterback, played running back had monster production as a high school athlete, was highly recruited, just was in a bad situation. So, like, this to me, I was so excited because I know he had been struggling all year, and I I had graded him pretty highly in the pre-draft process, and I was just like, man, like, I thought the landing spot would be good, but he's, like, stuck in this committee. He can't find a way to stay healthy. But now, you know, the, to kind of close the season, then with this game especially, he's really kind of stepped into that role. So I, I think he's going to be a monster moving forward. I, I'm a big fan of his, but – uh but one other point I wanted to make on Seattle, like, like other than Russell Wilson, I I, I don't understand. Like, I, I don't really see that team being any different than, like, my Atlanta Falcons, to be honest. Like, you take Russell Wilson out and you drop Matt Ryan in there, I think you pretty much have the same team as the Falcons. Like, you have a defense that people think is better than it actually is. Like, you have some you have some names, but really they suck. And then you have like poor offensive line play. You have a poor, you have a poor running game. And then you have some like super talented wide receivers and like a quarterback that's good. But like, I don't know. Like, I, I really think like they're not that much different than the Falcons. Like, and if you go look at like their point differential in, in the, in the season, I would imagine it's not that much different either. It's just the Seattle finds ways to win. That's interesting. Let me go look at that real quick. Yeah. Like uh, Seattle. Finish your point. I'll pull Seattle finds ways to win close games and the, the Falcons find ways to lose them. Like, I think that's like mostly the difference between the two. Right. So, um, I, I don't know. I just, that team has a lot of problems and I think they got to get it figured out because, I don't know. I think their window is is closed, frankly. I just think they just keep hitting above their batting average um, because Russell Wilson is who he is. But that's not going to last for forever. Like, Wilson's not getting any young, any younger. And even with him playing some of his best ball this year, like, they still struggled, right? So, I don't know. I just think right. that team – like, it would not surprise me in the least if that team's, like, out of the playoffs for the next, you know, few years in front of us unless they make some drastic changes, so – yeah, and and that, on the point differential, it's it's interesting because Seattle was plus eighty eight. This that's got to be their best in years, uh, but that is way they beat the Jets by forty. <laughs> so that's like yeah, that would help if you take that. <laughs> like that's I mean, not to be fair, like if you take, I mean, not to like just take out a game, a win is a win, you know. But um, if you take that game out, they really they only beat another team by double digits uh, once this season. I mean, it's it's classic Seattle. Um, well, and going back, and going back to Falcons. the going back to the previous season, that's about the same, right? Like they they won a bunch of close games last year too. And yeah, and they and they it's it's crazy because Pete Carroll always finds ways in the defense, and like you you read guys that write about defense for football, like act really like nerd stuff, and they like yeah, Pete Carroll is pretty much like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan, but just on defense, people just don't care like the stuff like he does with his secondary and all that nerdy stuff like that, how he can make. And that's why at the end of the year, every year they're uh, always somehow like making some horrible defense, like serviceable, (laughs) but it's like, it goes from horrible to average, you know, like, and it's like, that's not good enough still. when your offense is flawed because 
because it's it's a balance of two things like russell has i mean there's numbers that russell has his struggles with when he is overused when he has asked to throw more that most elite guys are asked to throw his his stuff dips blow i don't have him in front of me but yeah i mean and then so they are run heavy uh this year they went opposite of that and they kind of wore off down the stretch i don't know if that was him the line play teams figuring it out probably a combination of everything but yeah seattle is gone and it's that's good it's nice to see seattle out um (laughs) as as a hater of seattle um but moving to the next game we got was saturday the third game finishing up was the tampa bay buccaneers at the football team the washington football team this wasn't a game that you kind of after those two games that were really kind of close and competitive um, you kind of thought this one would maybe be the one that you kind of just sleep through or kind of just tune in and out, but because it just assumed the Bucks would win, and all of a sudden it's a it's a dog fight. Um, Thirty-one. Uh, I don't have a. T- I mean, obviously the Washington football team quarterback Taylor Heineke is really the main story coming out of this game Tampa one yeah everyone assumed that oh look at this like that's really been everyone the only thing everyone's talking about he made the game interesting when no one expected it to be um Tampa kind of has done what they did all year in my opinion where they kind of just slug through a win where they look really good at times and it's like okay what's going on here at times um so I'm not sure what to take away other than just I kind of thought this would happen, but the football team made it a little more interesting. Yeah, I mean, credit to, to Washington. I thought they played really well. I mean, that their defense moving forward, it, especially if they can add some pieces in the secondary, I mean, their defensive line is just so good. Um, and they're, they're, they're really well coached. Like Ron Rivera, like, you know, I know some people are not the biggest fans, but like he finds a way to make his teams competitive, and that's what they've been all year, you know. And, you know, and that's kind of the story of this game to me is like both teams kind of just who were they, they, they were who they've been all year long. Like you just said with Tampa, I think that's true with Washington as well. I think their quarterback play got a little bit of a, of a spike this week to make it a little bit more spicy. Um, But I don't think like that's a long-term solution there. Um, I just think, you know, sometimes you get those weird like one-off weeks from your backup quarterback, you know? And so I think that's kind of what happened here, uh, which was fun to see. But, yeah, I mean, Washington played them tough. They had a good game plan. You know, they – I thought they – I thought they played about as well as they could have, and uh, which is good for them because they were kind of the, you know, the token playoff team with their with their record, <laughs> right? Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so it was good. But, you know, Tampa Bay is really good. Tampa Bay was missing some of their – some of their better players, like Devin White was out with COVID. Um, you know, so I think, I think moving forward, they're going to just continue to be a tough team to beat. And, uh, like you said, like, that's how they've been all year. Um, probably the biggest takeaway for me is, you know, Tom Brady looks just as good as he ever has. Um, you know, he just seems to continue to be eternal and he, I thought he played really well in this game. And, uh, you know, I, I have no reason to believe he's going to drop off any time during these playoffs. I think he's playing the best ball of the year. Uh, that he's been playing uh, right now. Um, I thought he closed the season really strong, and this is a nice strong start for him in the playoffs against a good defense. So, so yeah, I, I like Tampa Bay moving forward. I, I've I've said all along, you know, I, I really like their defense. 
they just have so many weapons on offense. And with Tom Brady playing well, like it's just going to be really hard to beat that team. Um, and so I'm interested to see how they do moving forward. But, uh, but yeah, credit to Washington. They're going to be a fun team to see what they do next. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything more to say from there. Like, like you said, I thought you hit it on uh, the nail on the head. I, I think both these teams just kind of did their thing and uh, we just got a little bit more of an exciting game than we probably thought, which was fun. Yeah. And, and I agree. I'm, I'm a, Brady was kind of zipping the ball all over the field. Like that was what was standing out to me. I'm like, okay, there's some really kind of umph on these throws from Brady. Um, the weapons are ridiculous. Brown catches a TD. Evans goes for 120. Godwin has three drops and was really like weirdly struggling in this game. Um, but then he has all still, but you look up and he has five catches, 80 yards. And a yeah. <laughs> so it's like he's still putting up some decent numbers there. He's getting everyone involved. Uh, Fournette, he gets 19 carries for 93 yards. I wouldn't expect that to continue against New Orleans. Uh, that would be the one thing going forward with Tampa. I don't think they're going to get that from Fournette again against New Orleans. But those weapons are really good. And Brady looks like you're right. I mean, he yeah, there it was a report, a report that came out like he plans to play next year. I think that was obviously expected. Signed a two year deal. Um, he's said he wants to play till he's 45. But hey, I mean, the way he's playing right now, you can't really blame him. I mean, like, you know, right. Like he's, he's, he's a, I think this year, I mean, he's probably what, I mean, his numbers were really good. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where he'd rank as far as like quarterbacks this year, but he was definitely, he's definitely really good. And you're right. He's like getting it going at the time of year. He usually gets it going. So that's, that is, that's scary, but yeah, um, that's kind of all I have too on Tampa and and the Washington moving to the Sunday. Um, really good one to start off with Tampa Ravens. This was a game of runs Ravens um, win the game 20 to 13 overall Titans jump out to a 10 Mar has a bad pick. It's looking, it's looking shaky for the, for the Ravens. Anyway, um, Titans are looking good. Got to be feeling good. Got the lead, got Henry. Um, and then Baltimore just, flips it the game just flips on really an incredible play by Lamar uh on the run for the touchdown Baltimore ends up winning the game they dance on the logo the whole thing <laughs> Ravens win uh how do you feel how do you feel about yeah this I game? love this game like I like I am old school I don't know maybe that's like a weird thing because everybody thinks like the new age stuff is so much more fun but like I'm I'm old school like I love like slug it out you know, a little bit lower scoring games. I love it when guys are yapping at each other. I love like the dancing on the logo. Like, I love that stuff. So this, this is like my kind of game. Like I, you know, I, well, I think last time I was on your podcast, I said that the Titans were who people think the Ravens are. And the game kind of started out looking that way, you know, like you said, like the Titans, it just kind of seemed like, Oh, here we go again. Like the Titans have the Ravens number and like they were playing really good defense their offense was humming along, like Lamar was struggling, like all those things you said. And then it was just like the Ravens just were like, and especially Lamar, like he just said like, no, like we're not letting this happen again. Like I just refuse to let us lose this game. And yeah. I mean, that's what he did. Like he he just found a way to win, uh, you know, with, with his running ability. And he can do that. Like he's just so incredibly explosive. 
I mean, he's, he's one of the most explosive athletes I've ever seen in any sport ever. I mean, he's just a freak of nature. And he just he just took the game over, and the, and the Ravens' defense kind of followed suit. You know, I mean, Tennessee's offense has been great all year long, and the Ravens' defense has been great all year long too. But the Ravens' defense has always struggled with the Titans for whatever reason, and with Derrick Henry, and they just stepped up. Like they played like that old school kind of Ravens defense, like smash you in the mouth, talk trash, and really got into the Titans' game plan and really caused them a lot of problems, uh, which was really impressive. And so. You know, those two combining factors, Lamar just starting it out and saying, no, like, I refuse to let this happen and really kind of igniting the whole team. And then the Ravens defense followed. I mean, I, I to me, that was an extremely impressive win by the Ravens. Uh, the Titans are good. I, I was a huge fan of the Titans. And they really they really put the wood to them um, after that that slow start. And uh, so, you know, tons of credit to the Ravens. You know, I think they're the Ravens are going to be tough. You know, they just, they're just a tough team. And so we'll see how they do moving forward. They're, they're still limited in some areas, but, but I don't know, this, this felt like a momentum game for the Ravens like this. It wouldn't surprise me if they, they kind of have, you know, caught the, the, the wind in their sails now and they could be pretty dangerous moving forward. And so, um, but yeah, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was super fun. I, this was, this to me was my favorite game that I watched. Yeah, it was a great game. I mean, I, I totally agree with all the rivalry stuff. I mean, the Titans-Ravens weirdly have, like, this, in like, long, like, history rivalry over, like, two decades yeah. now. Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. Like, it's the most random rivalry that these teams just, like, actually genuinely hate each other. Um, and did that ever show in this game? Obviously, the key, they hold Henry to 40 yards. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much I would have bet on the Ravens if I would have heard Henry was only rushing for 40 yards. Like, I don't – like, and they ultimately win. So, that was – I didn't see that coming at all, man. I just, like – Henry's had their number, like you said. I thought he's at least going to get his. Baltimore's going to have to match points. Um, and it just didn't happen. They they were they were ready for it. They got the best of him this time around. Um, and that they'll move on. Um I, I agree though. Baltimore is seeming they seem dangerous. Uh and the Lamar critics will always point to the box score, his passing. I mean, seven for twenty four, hundred and seventy nine yards and one pick. It but it's just funny with Lamar. I don't want to sound like, oh, that doesn't tell the whole story guy, but it really doesn't with him. I mean, it he he's not like when he needs to throw it, it's not like it's you know, you feel fine. I at least me. Like I feel like I like he can complete the pass he can make the throw um they just it's just all in the ground I mean, then you look at his rushing and it's 16 carries for 136 yards and one td um and yeah i i agree they could be dangerous going forward that buffalo ravens game that could be another game where it's just total slugfest like those teams could be real i mean really kind of going at it there um yeah but anything else on this no i just you know i thought the the decision you know that uh that Vrabel had um right on the on the fourth down whether to go for it or not um that was you know again like in hindsight you know you look at that and you're like man you have Derrick Henry <laughs> you know right. yeah, I you, just... that could that could have been a big uh you know game changer but you know and I I was surprised I thought for sure you know Vrabel is a pretty aggressive coach and with Derrick Henry sitting there you know arguably one of the greatest 
running back seasons ever this year. And I know he had been struggling in the game, but I don't know. It just to me, that was an interesting, uh, really interesting decision that really swung the game. And, uh, you know, and, and Vrabel, like, I mean, he was super bummed. I don't know if you saw his post game interview, but he was like so depressed that they lost that game. <laughs> he was um, devastated. But, actually. you know, I just, I don't know. Yeah, like I, I don't know. It just really It was, it was really out of character, and so uh, you know, I thought that was a misstep on their part. And I think if they would have converted that, then um, you know, maybe we are having a different conversation right now. But uh, you know, again, credit to the Ravens' defense. You know, it, it it's it, I, the only way I could explain it is I just think Brable just didn't think they could get it. Like I don't know why else he wouldn't go for it, but. Uh, you know, the Ravens defense right. really was uh, a deterrent to that. So, and I love the Ravens defense. I have all year long. So, um, but yeah, interesting decision on his part there. Yeah. I mean, hashtag analytics Twitter was uh, crushing Rabel. Uh, he just, this was a stat from Bet's stats. Rabel's analytic game plan today ran the ball 12 times on first down for 26 yards, which, hey, that's, to be fair, that's just Tennessee. I don't really have a problem with that. Like, they're going to try and get you with Henry. They're going to keep going to Henry. They're going to try and, you know, wear you down as the game goes on, as they, they, you know, as just kind of the saying goes, as they've, I think they've literally said. Um, and then the punt, as you mentioned, on fourth and two from the Ravens 40. Down a TD in the fourth. I mean, that's tough. Tough day for uh, for punting. Like, it was, it was a really tough weekend for punting, as you mentioned. Yeah. Like, a lot of controversial fourth. Sure, we've gotten to even the worst one yet. So, yeah, I mean, tough, but the Buffalo. Next game of the weekend was Bears at Saints. Saints move on 21 to 9 here. This was to me the worst game of the weekend, just as far as entertainment wise. Um, the Bears just, <laughs> the Bears, man. I mean, they were an 8 and 8 team who was really. Lost six in a row at one point. Not a great team. Saints are really good, I think. And Saints defense, especially. I just dominated this game. See, okay, Bears got that touchdown. We're gonna we're gonna fight because I I still don't think the Saints are good. (laughs) Like I just I just don't. I mean, I don't even. That's not even. I I don't even necessarily. I think they're really good in NFC terms this year. Oh well, yeah, that's a pretty low bar. I mean, I you have the you have the yeah. Buccaneers, but like to me, I don't like like the Saints defense looked really good in this game, but like we're, we're playing the Chicago Bears. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think right. I think any I think even like Seattle's defense would have looked good against the Chicago Bears. Like the Bears are not good, and their offense certainly is not good. Um, so I don't know, like, I mean, the Saints only put up 21 points, like this game kind of looks like a blowout on paper, but I thought watching the game, I just didn't think the Saints played that well. I thought, I thought the game was actually closer than it was. The, I think the only reason the Saints win this game is because the Bears offense is just completely incompetent. Like they just, the Bears offense could not do anything at all in, in any phase of the game. And they just kept giving the ball back to New Orleans over and over and over again. And eventually, like, New Orleans is just going to find a way to score. Like, Chicago's defense is pretty good, but um, I don't know. Like, I, I, was, I came away from this game, one, being completely bored and miserable. It was – I hated I hated watching it. I even – It was rough. Did you get to I the next I was about to say that. I, t- I turned into the Nickelodeon feed, and I was very disappointed because – 
I didn't, you know, they didn't have any like, uh, you know, goose line trails after the ball was thrown or like any of that fancy stuff. It was pretty much just like a normal broadcast with weird commentators that explain things at an elementary level. And they had a fancy graphic for the first down marker. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It wasn't, I was like highly disappointed, but, um, but yeah, I don't, it was a really boring game. And I, but the biggest takeaway to me was, yeah, the saints are like, not that good. I just, I just do not believe in that team. I think this was just like a cakewalk matchup that they, I thought they, I thought they struggled more with this matchup than they should have. Um, yeah, I just, I think they're in trouble. Like I, 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 who do they play next? Do they play the Buccaneers next? Yes, they, they host Tampa. I think round three, two and zero against Tampa this year. I, I think Tampa's going to smash them personally. I know that like the history of really? that has not been that, but. I think Tampa's a, a much better team than, than New Orleans is. And people are going to call me biased. They're going to say, oh, it's because you're a Falcons fan. You hate the Saints. And that's totally true. I hate the Saints. But I I just don't believe in them. Like, I thought Breeze was just okay. Michael Thomas is like, you know, he's not what he was last year. I thought Kamara was really good. but And, you know, the Saints' off- offensive line is great. Like, that's – to me, the only reason the Saints are any good is because their offensive line is great. But everything else is just kind of meh. Like, even their defense, I just don't the, – the, the secondary of the Saints is atrocious. Um, their defensive line is, you know, fairly good, but nothing special. Their linebackers are, you know, pretty good. Demario Davis is still there, but he's kind of taking a step back. I don't know. I just – I have a hard time. I, I will pick for the Saints to lose moving forward uh this next series and if they somehow win that next series i'm gonna pick them to lose next time if they you know i'm just gonna pick them to lose until they lose (laughs) i just don't believe in that team at all hey i like it i respect it i respect it you're going down with the take and hey the saints are never at least this year i mean this year um you have the kamara six td game which that's insane um but that um but other than that they really haven't been like over impressive at all this year um, they've had injuries. Breeze has missed some time. Taysom was starting games there for a, a stretch. Um, they played the Broncos with no QBs. I mean, the Saints have just had a really weird yeah. year. And they kind of just have now stumbled in. I don't even want to say stumbled because, I, I mean, they're, they're, they're a good team. But, like, they've just – now they're 12-4. and four. Um, They're in round two hosting a game. A team they actually remind me of that people definitely didn't believe in is Green Bay last year. Um, a team that somehow won a lot of games. They ended with a really good record, ended with the two seed, maybe not as good as people, as the record indicates, um, won a lot of close games. Then eventually they ran it. They won round two because the NFC kind of wasn't the best last year either. Um, and then they got crushed, obviously, in the NFC championship game. So that's a team that I kind of think New Orleans might be. But hey, that still might lead them in the NFC championship game. The Bucks matchup. I'm not as confident as you. I think Tampa, I would agree with you that Tampa is a better team than New Orleans. I think Brady's playing better than Breeze. Everything to me points to Tampa right now. Uh, Tampa's getting their guys back that missed time uh, last week. But it's, 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 it's just still like they beat them two times, and the last time was just extra bad. I mean, that was on Monday night. It was a couple months ago at this point, so it might not have a ton of bearing, but 38-3, just maybe the worst game of Brady's career. Just really, really bad. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's, I just have that game in my head still. So I think it's going to be it's, – it's, it's going to be – it's the last game of the weekend, so I, they're expecting it to be a really good game. But 
I think Tampa. It's it, it's interesting. So you're you're just flat out think Tampa's gonna win. I yeah, I do. I mean, I just I just think if if I just ignore the score of the New Orleans Saints and Bears game, and I just think okay, how how New Orleans was playing in that game, not the score, but how they were playing, like X's and O's, execution, the quality of what they were trying to do, just how guys were looking. If I take that New Orleans team and I go through all the other playoff teams, every single other playoff team that we saw, I, I honestly think they lose to probably every other team except for maybe Seattle. Like, I think I just because, again, I think I just think Seattle sucks, too. Um, so I, 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 I think Washington beats them. I even like I think Tennessee beats them. You know, Buffalo, def- like all the teams that won definitely, I think, would beat them. Um, I don't know. Like, I just, I just didn't think they played that well. And having watched some of the the Saints games down the stretch, like, I, I just don't think they're playing their best ball right now. And and in the playoffs in the NFL, I feel like sometimes a lot of it comes down to that. Like, to me, Tampa Bay is playing their best football right now of the entire year, and and New Orleans is not. And Tampa is more talented than New Orleans just about everywhere on the field. And so to me, I'm like, yeah, like I think Tampa is gonna handle them quite easily. And you know, and like you know, Brady after that last game that you mentioned where they got crushed and Brady was terrible, like you know, Brady is just like licking his chops to get back in there and to prove people wrong and to yeah. undo that, right? And with how he's playing right now, like I don't see why that won't be the case. Um, as, and it, with the Saints secondary being as bad as it is, with 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 Tampa having all those offensive weapons in the receiving game, I don't. It, to me, it just seems like a bad matchup for the Saints. And and everything, all all the storylines are culminating together to to tell me that Tampa's gonna go in there and do some serious work. So, so yeah, like. So now that we've talked about both the NFC games and that you're saying the Bucks are gonna win, would you uh, just quickly NFC? So what would be your NFC title game? Well, so so for sure the Bucks, right? Um. The other team, I don't know. Who would you pick? I mean, so are you going? Well, let me ask you first. Are you going with the Saints? Or are you going with the Bucks in that matchup? I think you're talking me into the Bucks pretty hard. <laughs> I, like I've, I've been mission accomplished. I don't want to be like too react, like especially like because I just like look at the line anyway and make a pick that way. And the Bucks are getting three and a half points in this game, and I don't know, man. That's staring me right in the face. And also, you got the. Okay, yeah, they beat them two times, but also you got the saying. I'm not sure if the numbers even back it up. Um, I'm sure there's some article totally debunk- debunking this, but it's hard to beat a team three times, right? Like, I mean, beating a team three times in the same season for whatever reason seems difficult. Um, but yeah, I, I think I'm leaning Bucks. And then, I mean, you got Packers, Rams. I mean, Green Bay at home, man. I mean, I, I, I kind of think they should take care of business at home coming off the bye at least, especially with Goff injured. Rams defense is great, don't get me wrong, but that's kind of the way I'm leaning right now. Nothing official, officially. Yeah, and you know, uh, having another second to think about that other matchup with the Rams and Packers, I just think the the Rams – I think normally, like, if, if the Rams were healthy, I would, I would be a little bit more like, I don't know, this is more like a 50-50 game to me, but with the Rams, with Goff being hurt, with uh, Aaron Donald having the injury in that last game, um, I, they just kind of seem beat up. Like, I don't know, I just – like, they, they gutted out that win against the Seahawks, but that just seems like a team that 
was just a little bit beat up and you know the Packers have been resting like you said the Packers at home and I've been like I've been higher on the Packers defense than most people I still think they're pretty talented there and their offense has obviously been cooking I mean it, it still is kind of like a matchup thing right like Rams defensive line is pretty good the Packers offensive line you know they've they've had some major injuries uh you know recently right and uh you know like you have Jalen Ramsey against Adams. Um, so I don't know. I think it could be a little bit more spicy yeah. than, than people maybe think. But ultimately, I just think the Packers are just a little bit more well-rested and healthy. And I, that probably ends up being the deciding factor there. So I'd probably say – so in that – so the, the, the title game matchup, I'd have Packers and the Buccaneers. And but I, I hate to say it, but I think I'd probably pick the Buccaneers over the Packers in that game. So Right. Because, like, I mean uh, – like – to be fair, like if you're if that'd be the team that's giving, I mean that's the only team that's given Green Bay really any problems this year, um, is the Bucks. They completely killed them the first time. Uh, they have kind of a a worse defense than the Rams for sure. Uh, don't get me wrong, but a defense that can create pressure um, can is and then on offense they have a they have a really really good offense and they got a ton of weapons. So that. That'd be a that'd be a very entertaining matchup though in in Green Bay if that's what we we get. But obviously, work still to be done. Um, but yeah, uh, so moving to the last game of the weekend, it's the game that I was really really confident in the Steelers winning. To be <laughs> Did honest. you see my tweet earlier uh, in that week? Steelers Browns. I sent out a tweet like maybe the day before, and I said the Cleveland Browns pretty much have a zero percent chance of winning this game. And then, yeah, this Dude, happened. I sent out a tweet <laughs> saying the Steelers might be the only lock this week. Yeah. So, I mean, we were thinking the same way. Like, I, I was like, yeah. I mean, just with, like, no head coach, everything. Well, first time, yeah, COVID. like, first time QB in the playoffs, like, almost never works, you know. And, like, Baker's not, like, you know, some freakazoid great quarterback either. So, it just – and, like, the Steelers' defense. Like, there were so many factors that just screamed, like, the Steelers were going to win this game. And it just was totally the opposite. It was one of the most bizarre, like, playoff matchups and the outcomes I think I I had I can ever remember. It was just so unexpected. It was so weird. Yeah, I, I, I was shocked because I'm not sure what to make of it. Because on one hand, some of these turnovers, I mean – very fluky. I mean, the snap over the head, what does that happen? Once every couple years, yeah. <laughs> once a year, you see something like that where a snap like that turns into uh, a touchdown. You saw it in the Super Bowl once, I think, with Manning. Um, but that turned into only a safety. It usually was only like a safety. The Browns, I'm not sure what Ben or Connor was doing on that fumble. Uh, <laughs> ben completely avoided it. And then Connor just, I- I'm not sure what he was trying to do. Um, and the Browns somehow get a touchdown off of it. And then, you know, a couple tipped INTs. And then I just look up. I'm like, wait, it's 21 to zero. <laughs> the game started five yeah. minutes ago. Like, it was just absolutely shocking. And then it was 28 to zero, not much longer after that. Um, and I didn't, I was just like blown away. I was just like, I didn't know what I was seeing. Like, it was like, really? I mean, I wasn't even at this point the highest on Pittsburgh after what I'd saw from them obviously to end the season the indie game was at least somewhat promising but they looked really rough down the stretch and i thought they'd at least win this game and they just wow i mean they just i'm not even sure and then in kind of classic pittsburgh fashion they just kind of 
pull back at the end and it's like, okay, what is this? Is this a real comeback? Is this a fake comeback? <laughs> um, ben is putting up a ton of yards. He's putting up his, his stat line is truly remarkable when, when you look at Ben's stat line, but then obviously it all comes down to the fourth down that I think is the worst of the weekend. One that I don't even know how you defend at all. Yeah. Um, it made no sense to me. It made no sense. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's fourth and one from the, from, from your own 45, but Hey, you were just down four scores. You're now down 12. It's 23 to 35. The Browns are on their heels. I mean, if you can put points on the board now, then, you know, you can really put the pressure. Well, it was like, I I tweeted out. I said, hey, Browns fans, if you've ever wondered what it was like to be a Falcons fan in the Super Bowl, this is exactly what it felt like. Like, you have this huge lead, and then all of a sudden, like, the other team starts getting some momentum. All of a sudden, they start scoring on you at will. All of a sudden, your offense starts to stall out. And you just get this weird feeling like you're, like, confident, but you're not nearly as confident as you wish you were <laughs> and all of a sudden you find yourself in a position like oh crap like if they if they score here it's like we could we could really lose you know and it's just like this dread <laughs> this like inside yeah. like i was having like ptsd <laughs> flashbacks to the falcons i was like oh just watch it yeah i was like i have seen this story before Ugh. and like but like like you said like that was the moment where like if they go down and score there I like I I would have thought the Steelers were gonna win because all the momentum. I would have thought they were gonna win. Yeah, too. like all the yeah. momentum had been going that way. Like the Browns, like even like their body language, like you could just you could just feel it. You could just see it. Like they were. It was just like they all of a sudden had lost confidence. They were thinking, "Oh crap! Like what do we do?" Yeah, like I don't know. It was just such a weird decision, especially because like the Steelers' offense had been killing them. Like. Like, they had just kind of been doing what they wanted to do, right? Like, and that's – I mean, that's how they made their comeback happen. Right. So, it just seems so strange that they would just say, okay, like, we're just going to trust our defense, which their defense had been playing better at that time. But, like, their defense had really struggled to stop them, you know, earlier in the day. So, I don't know. It just seemed – like you say, I don't know how you defend that decision. It made no sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, you punt it back and then go down the field and score anyway. Yeah. So it's like, good job punting. I mean, at least if you don't get it, say worst case scenario, you don't get it. They're going to score faster. Yeah. So you'll get the ball back faster. If that's really like all you're worried about then is time. Like, I mean, you're hoping your defense can get a stop, but like you were saying, like, like exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's tough. I mean, I don't think that one actually is tough. Like that's just a clear goal for that, man. Like you just got to. And Tomlin is always kind of weird with fourth downs. I think Tomlin has a lot of good qualities. Don't get me wrong. Like there's a reason they haven't had a losing season in over, you know, since like since he's been there, he's never had a losing season. There's a reason for that. In my opinion, Um, there's gotta be, and it's not just Ben. It's not just the way they draft. Like he's, he's a part of that, the culture they build there, the defense, everything he does, but there's some weird stuff with Tomlin, man. I mean, this is a, this is a, just another, and I'm not saying he should be fired. I think he's a really good coach. I'm not saying that at all, but it's just like this is another weird home playoff loss for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, it seems like they do this a lot. Yeah, this one – yeah, this one was super weird. I mean, the Browns are really talented, but, yeah, I mean, like like we discussed earlier, there was just so many factors in favor of the Steelers. It just 
I don't know, just really weird. And, like, weird things happen in the game, and sometimes that happens too. But I don't think this was just, like, a weird game like that. Like, we're just weird things, like weird bounces of the ball or whatever. Like, variance all goes against you. Like, it just, you know, they 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 just didn't execute very well. And they, and they got down early when they finally got kind of on top of things. It was too late. And then, you know, they did kind of get themselves back into it. But then they made the poor coaching decision right there, and that was ball game, you know. And so – yeah, just really, really odd, really shocking. Good for Cleveland and all the all the bandwagon fans now that are now all of a sudden uh, Cleveland Brown fans. You know, good for them. Um, I personally hate the Steelers, so it's kind of I kind of enjoyed it in a way. Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't stand big. So the Browns but, fans, you know, yeah, the Browns fans is an interesting thing because you're right. There are now suddenly a very popular team. Yeah, weird. Which <laughs> to me is interesting because they don't play like a fun style to me. Like the Browns aren't like. I'm not ever thrilled to watch like the Browns. No. Um, so it's, it's interesting. I guess it's just cool to say you're a Browns fan. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. I, I could go into like the, the whole psychological analysis of this, <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, it's like, you know, Baker, Baker has all these commercials, you know, p- people seem to like Baker for whatever reason. I'm not a fan, um, but you know, he's, he's out there in the media. Um, the they have a bunch of like you know high profile celebrities like LeBron you know who are, are all of a sudden very vocal Browns fans. I thought LeBron was a Cowboys fan. Like I can't keep up with Bron. Like love Bron, second best player ever, but I can't keep up with who he's cheering for. But, but see, that's what I'm saying. Like Bron is like the classic Browns fan. Like he is a Cowboys fan until the Browns show that they're kind of somewhat good, and then all of a sudden he's a Browns fan, right? Like. Right, because now I see the tweets. Like I saw the tweets, like "Oh, dog pound" and all this. And I was just like, "Oh, like all right, like okay." Yeah, like, <laughs> like who else is it? It was like C.J. McCollum's a Browns fan. Um, there's some other big, like high-profile celebrities that are all of a sudden like very vocal Browns fans. So I think people see that and they're like, "Oh, I want to be cool." And so, and you know, it's like they can't they can't say I'm a, I'm a bandwagon fan because the Browns have been so bad. It's the Browns. Yeah, it's the Browns, and so like. I think the OBJ trade really pushed it over the top. Yeah. Like, he's, like, a really fashionable, like, cool player to, like, normal fan. Like, just kind of, if you're just, like, say, a normal fan, like, that's, like, a pretty cool player. And then, like, yeah, I mean, I, I guess there are some reasons. But, like, in terms of the style they play, yeah, they're born. like, not ever thrilled to watch the Browns. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So, it just, it kind of, it just makes me laugh because, like, all of a sudden there's just tons of Browns fans when there was, like, absolutely no Browns fans for a decade <laughs> plus, you know, especially. Yeah, except in Cleveland. Yeah. Like, that's the only place that, I mean, then they, don't give me they're like, they're diehard yes. there. Like, they're diehard for the team, totally. But, yeah. yeah, like, around, like, the new age around, yeah, I get what yeah, you're saying. Just super, super funny and awkward. But, yeah, like, good, good for them. Like, good for you for picking the Browns and jumping on the bandwagon and they, they get to the playoffs finally and actually do something. Like, good for, good for all of you. <laughs> Yeah, first win in a while uh, for the Browns. Um, playoff win, anyway. So now they go to Kansas City. AFC matchups on the other side. Talk about those quickly or set. You got Browns heading to the Chiefs. And then on the other way, you got the Ravens heading to the Bills. Um, I'll just ask you kind of the same thing as I did in the NFC. What do you, what do you kind of how do you see those games I mean, playing out? You don't even – I mean, we're still a couple days away. Um, the way stuff is nowadays, like – someone could test positive tomorrow and you know <laughs> ruin all yeah. this but um just from afar like how are you seeing those games kind of play out yeah i mean i'm i'm taking the chiefs just because mahomes like i just don't i just don't know how you beat him um 
I just don't like, he's just that good. Um, I, I, you know, I say that though, like as if I'm so confident, but I don't know, like the Browns kind of have that weird, like underdog momentum thing going for them. And like, maybe something weird can happen and like their offense gets rolling. You know, the chiefs defense is like pretty good, but not like great. Um, and so I don't know, it could just be like a total shootout, you know, like people always point back to their college matchup between Baker and uh, Mahomes. And it was like 126 yeah, points. Legendary yeah. one. Like, I don't like, I don't think it'll be that crazy, but it, it, you know, that's not outside the possibility. I don't, I don't think. Um, so I don't know, that one should be pretty fun. I think it'll be entertaining no matter what, but I, I'm going to pick the chiefs just because they're the chiefs and I just don't know how you beat Mahomes. Um, for Ravens bills, that, that one is the other than Tampa and New Orleans, I think this is probably the next best matchup. Um, I, I would probably, I'm probably going to pick the Ravens just because I believe in their defense a lot. And I just, I don't know, like Josh Allen did show some cracks in the armor in that first round series matchup. Like, I don't know. I just, I think that one's going to be really close. That, that one's probably a toss up to me, but I just believe in the Ravens defense more. And I love Lamar and I like the Ravens, so I'm going to pick Ravens. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I'm feeling about the Ravens game for sure. Like, I, I just feel like maybe they're the team that gets hot this year. Hey, Buffalo looks really good too. And Buffalo has, I mean, they are really not given any reason not to pick them. So that's a tough one. That's going to be a really, uh, that's the Saturday night game. First of all, let me complain about this just as a Packer fan. <laughs> I don't like having the early Saturday game. I don't appreciate it from the NFL at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel personally offended. I feel personally attacked. Like, give us Saturday, uh, Sunday morning at least. Like, first, first, like, my nerves are not ready to be the first game of the weekend. If we're out, like, the whole weekend ruined. <laughs> like, really, NFL, why? Like, I it's mean, such a please win. Like, I just really need yeah, to <laughs> like early Saturday games are just like an awkward time for the NFL. Like you, you never like, you know, the game is on, but like when you go to turn it on, it feels weird, you know? And so it just, it just feels, yeah, it feels so weird. It's like, Oh my God, wait, <laughs> we can go to the NFC championship game right now. Like as just a fan, it's going to yeah, be, weird, it but... almost feels like a preseason game. Like it just, it feels like it shouldn't matter because the time slot just feels so odd, you know, but like everything, it, it, it I like matters it. a lot. Yeah. Like, so as a fan, it feels like weird things can happen because you feel weird. Right. So it makes you that much less. Confident. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel you like that's, that's not a fun time slot to, to be in as a fan. It's making me like, I think five or 10 times more nervous. I'm not sure of the amount of n more nerves it's adding, but it's definitely adding to the nerves. Like I, I hate it. I wish we were at least anything else like i don't even know man but yeah, it's it like, well, it it's like you know and enjoy the rest of the weekend like you know rogers shows up to play on sundays but you're not so sure if he does on saturdays you know it's just it's just weird you don't know yeah. you're not sure uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's gonna be fun divisional round always great um yeah last kind of only a couple more weeks i'm getting sad man and the football's coming up um so we got let's let's transition to some hoops unless you have some more football talk. No, I mean I, I mean as a Falcons fan, I'm like very excited for the football season to end because then oh yes, yes. Then draft let's do fan starts. corner. Let's do fan corner. How the how you feeling about the Falcons? Um, you know they finished the year. Hey, they, hey, they finally lost a week. Dude, 17 I'm game. so happy. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of you that whole time. Like I need him to lose this for my guy Mark. Like to at least have him lose this game. <laughs> game. Um, 
Well, you know, it's funny. Position, but it was how funny. are you feeling about it? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, yeah, because they, they finally they finally did the real tank after threatening to not, right? Like, they, they made the, the coaching switch, and all of a sudden we win four games. I'm like, oh, my gosh, here we go again. Like, we're going to be drafting 15 <laughs> yeah. or 16 and, like, just be stuck in purgatory. But they, they finally did it. Matt Ryan came up clutch for the tank, which was excellent. Um, yeah, just fantastic stuff. Coup. You know your favorite kicker of all time, and and our and our buddy's favorite kicker of all time, uh, Koo made a made a. To- uh, I'm a big Koo fan. A- <laughs> I'm a big Koo fan. That's all. Yeah, him. that's all. He, he had a clutch missed field goal to seal the uh, the tank, which was excellent. But it was funny because like, so we we got to the fourth spot in the draft, and we couldn't do any worse. But we could get to number three, and uh, the Texans uh, needed to beat the Titans, and so of course the Texans do everything possible to win the game. Um, but then lose because they go to a cover zero at the end of the game, give up a huge uh, last second throw to A.J. Brown to get him in field goal position. So rather than going to overtime, they lose on a doink field goal in, and that then kicked the uh, the Falcons down to number four. So it's like we did the tank, and we, we did it right, but somehow we still had like horribly bad luck to, to like lose out on a top three pick. <laughs> Which just made me laugh because it was just like, you know, that's just classic Falcons. Like somehow they just – some weird thing happens. Some statistical anomaly goes against them to screw them over. Uh, and it somehow happened even when they weren't playing. Um, so – but, no, I'm feeling pretty good. We'll see who they hire as GM and as head coach. They're interviewing all the right people. Um, so, you know, I, I think if they make good hires there, we're going to be sitting pretty – probably draft a quarterback at four and then go from there. Start the, start the new Falcons regime. Uh, so I'm pretty excited, actually. I'm doing pretty good. And, uh, you know, I love, hey, I love nice. draft season. A couple questions like, off that I have. Yeah, go uh, for it. Who do you want in the coaching tree? Are you guy? Are you Joe Brady guy? Are you a Eric Bieniemy? Are you a – are you kind of outside the box? Are, um, are you – I doubt you're higher within. Um, <laughs> just knowing you, I'm guessing not higher yeah, within. Yeah, it's funny. Like kind of like me. It's funny because I – like Raheem way. Morris and Jeff Ulbrich, the guys who took over – they they actually turned the defense around. Like we were like I think DVOA to after the coaching change we were like top fifteen, top twelve. Like they really changed the defense around. Like I actually thought they did a pretty good job. Um, but our big uh, our biggest issue I think is actually our offense. Uh, so I want an offensive coach. I would love to hire Raheem and Ulbrich as our defensive coordinators, but that's not going to happen after we fire them. Um, so it's like, you know, it's kind of weird in that way. It's kind of like when the Jazz traded Rodney Hood and, like, Locke was like, the Jazz would love to trade for Rodney Hood, but, like, because he's on the team, they can't, so they have to trade him. Uh, it's kind of like one of those situations, right? So, but, no, yeah. I, I'm very pro, like, offensive head coach. Um, so, yeah, Joe Brady, I would love that hire. I think he's awesome. Uh, I know some people are, like, weirdly not in on him, but, like, the Panthers' offense had, like, like – they had good receivers, but like terrible quarterback play. They had no Christian McCaffrey. They had bad offensive line play. And then they had, right. but they had like what three receivers break a thousand yards this year. Like they had a good offense despite, you know, all these bad things going on. And then obviously what he did in college is he's from the, uh, the new Orleans saints um, coaching tree. Um, so I don't know. I, I think he'd be an A plus hire. Um, but yeah, er- totally agree on Brady. But yeah, Eric B would be great. Like any, like Arthur Smith, like any of those offensive guys dabble. Um, I don't want, uh, your Packers guy. I don't, I do not want Hackett. Uh, but 
Oh, Hackett. Yeah, I saw you guys interviewed Hackett. Apparently, he's like in the top three uh, candidates. I don't want him, but everybody else I'm like pretty cool with. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Not a Hackett guy. I mean, Hackett, it's tough. Like, he's not calling the plays. They say he has a lot to do with the run game um, and their run blocking scheme, which I don't know how much that really excites you. Um, and obviously, you know, like you got Rodgers in this. You know, it's tough. It's tough. That'd be – it's kind of like when Green Bay hired LaFleur, though. I mean, to be fair, like they, they – he was a guy that I was not thrilled with. And even now I'm just like get annoyed with this guy. But he didn't – he wasn't – he was like really – What's his role in Tennessee? What's he doing there? Uh, he's calling the plays. He's not calling the plays. Their offense isn't even that good. I mean, Green Bay has a good offense, obviously. But, yeah, not a big hacky guy. Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't know. He just doesn't. I, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't disagree. I would be in the same way. If, they, if, if my team was interviewing him, I'd be like, are you serious? Because then you look at it like Jacksonville. It wasn't good. Um, and then, obviously, Green Bay. It's been good. But then. Yeah, I, just I, I don't know. Yeah, like, he'd probably be okay. But. I like. I don't think he'd be an A plus hire. He'd probably be like a solid C. And I just i I want an A plus hire. Like I want I want a fun, exciting hire like Joe Brady. Um, I don't. And the Falcons kind of need that. Like they need some like exciting stuff to happen. Like they, like Dan Quinn was so bloody boring and just like you know he was such a nice guy, but my gosh, he was such a boring and bad coach. And I just don't want like another guy like that. And I just get the I just get the vibes like Hackett would be like the offensive version of Dan Quinn. Um, and I just don't want that. Um, I want something a little bit more spicy and exciting. So, um, but we'll see. Like, I, apparently they love him and uh, hack it, but I don't know. We'll see. So, uh, and then the other question I had off off your point, sitting at a top, you know, sitting at four in the draft, said pick a quarterback there. So, question is, what quarterback? And then also. Moving on from Matt Ryan, then, or is it a kind of sit and wait? Type I think thing? they'll explore trading him, but the problem is if you trade him, the dead cap hit. Um, you would have to you would have to cut Dante Fowler, Ricardo Allen, Jamon Brown, Tyler Davison, and do like max restructures to Julio and Grady Jarrett's contract just just to be able to trade him. And even then you, even then you would have no cap space. Like you could, you could do it if you wanted, but you would have no cap space. So you wouldn't be able to sign anybody. Um, and you just cut all these players. Right. And you still have, you still have your draft picks that you got to pay for. So that probably means you'd need to restructure Jake Matthews and maybe somebody else's contract just to get space for like your draft pick class. So that's where it's like tough to see them trading. Like they could do it. I, I'm sure they'll explore it. Cause I do think they're ready to kind of move on and turn the page there. It just cap wise, it's going to be extremely difficult. Um, they they will move on from him next year, though. Um, they they will have the space, they have the out with him in this contract, either via trade or cut. Um, so yeah, I do think the Falcons are very much in play for a quarterback at uh, number four. As far as the quarterback, I think they should draft. Um, are we assume? What are we just for the sake of discussion assuming that all quarterbacks are on the table other than Trevor Lawrence at number four? Yeah, yeah. We'll okay, so you ready for my you ready for my hot take on this? The, this is so. the quarterback they should draft, assuming all quarterbacks other than Trevor Lawrence are on the board. This is the guy I want them to draft at number four. I want them to draft Trey Lance at number four. 
<laughs> over over Justin uh, Fields. Okay, so I saw one Trey Lance throw the other day. That was absolutely absurd. And now I'm yeah. so okay. I, I I support it. I support over it. Zach Wilson, over Justin Fields, over Mac Jones, uh, Kyle Trask, all those guys. Trey Lance to the Falcons is like my dream. I just and like I know like as the pre-draft st- stuff goes on, like you're gonna you're gonna hear Trey Lance talked about it like the fourth quarterback, the fifth quarterback, maybe the third. I just, I don't know. I just believe in the dude. Like I watch his tape and I just love him. And like, I, li- I listen to his interviews and I read all the things about him. They're just, I don't know what it is. There's just something in my gut that tells me like Trey Lance is that dude. And I get the op, frankly, I get the opposite with Justin Fields. I have a hard time believing in him. Um, I know tons of people love him. You know, your boy, Zach Wilson, I'm actually, I've actually come around on quite a bit. I think he's extremely talented, but. Yes, I, welcome to yeah, the Yeah, I just think, I, I do think Zach Wilson will end up being quarterback too when it's all said and done. Um, but I don't know, Trey Lance, there's just something about him I just really believe in. And I, I just think his fit in Atlanta, being able to sit and learn behind Matt Ryan for a year. I just think, I don't know, there's just something about that I, I just, I'm all in on. So he would be my guy. Hey, hey! I haven't watched much. You know, obviously his situation, uh, not playing this year. It's going to be interesting pre-draft for him, how he, how he approaches it, I guess, and how it even gets approached, approaches with everything going on. Um, I like him. I think I like him. Like he's 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 mobile. He has a cannon. It looks like. Is that right? Well, that, see, this is the thing. Like- this is the weird thing with Trey Lance. Some people when they they'll go to criticize him and they say he doesn't have that good of an arm he's not that accurate of a thrower they say they start saying all these things and i go watch his tape and i'm like i just don't i don't see that like i don't understand where people get these where they get where they're getting these criticisms from because i think he's got a tremendous arm i think he's one of the more accurate throwers out of all the quarterbacks not just you know of of the available ones that we talked about I, I don't know. I I think he's going to be the most polarizing prospect of, of the draft cycle. Um, one, because he's a quarterback and those are always the talk of the town. And, and it just like, it just depends on who you ask. Like if you, if you ask that question to somebody else, they would give you a totally different answer than what I'm saying, which is, yeah, like he's got fantastic arm talent, but some people think he doesn't like, it's just really, it's just really weird. Like there's such a wide range of opinions on him. Um, like I've seen him as low as like quarterback seven on some people's big boards. And I'm like, really? I'm like, that's insane to me. Like, I don't know. I don't know what games you're watching. I don't know what Trey Lance you're watching, but to me, I, I, I physically cannot like, I just literally cannot understand how you're that low on him, but some people are, it's just really weird. So he, he's definitely going to be one of those guys that through the pre-draft process, it's going to be really interesting to see where he falls because people are just all over the map with him. Yeah, and I was I when I I when I saw I liked his arm, and I'm not no expert or anything, but I was like, wow, this guy has some pop on the ball. He has a really good deep ball. Haven't watched him a ton. I'll need to watch him more. But like, he was pretty good to me. I I was I was more in than out for sure on what I watched from him. Limited, granted, but I I liked him. And then and then I saw some Steeler fans like, oh, we'd love to get Trey Lance. I was like, you're not gonna come close to drafting him. He's gonna go way higher. Yeah. But like, like. Oh, like that. I mean, QB seven. That's that's crazy. Like, I don't see him that low. Like, I mean, and I'm not saying you're saying that, but that's like crazy to have him that low to me. I mean, he's, and obviously you really like him. Um, but I I think he's 
pretty good from what I've seen. And Fields, I'm more low on like you. Like I, I'm really high on Wilson. I will say I, I think he's 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 the real deal. Um, but Fields a little lower on. Um, and I like Lance. I mean, this is a really good QB class, though. It like, is. So it would. How would you feel if it came in as Zach Wilson as the pick? You know, I. Th- like this is going to sound weird. Um, because I so right now Zach Wilson's my QB two. Uh, he's super talented. There's there's obviously the concerns of like competition he played against. Um, you know the one year wonder stuff. Uh, I I don't know enough about the off field stuff. I know there's been some talk about off field concerns. I don't know. I don't know on that. So I just don't. Right now, I don't evaluate. I don't put that as part of my evaluation. Um, I know NFL teams will care about that more, but I don't know one way or the other. Um, so I just look at the tape, and on tape, he's the second best quarterback um, in this class by like a pretty good margin. I would, I would think. Um, so you know, I, I would, I would, in one way, I would love it because he's exciting. Um, you know, he's a quarterback. We would need that. Here, here's my here's my thing. Here's the reason I would not love it for the Falcons. I just think culturally speaking, just knowing the fan base and just knowing Atlanta, I just don't know if like Zach Wilson would be like a good fit, like personality wise there. I just I think I think a lot of the fan base would have a hard time getting behind him um, unless he like really was like in, like amazingly good and. I, I think he can be that way. I just think initially the initial reception of that pick would from the fan base would not be as warm as it may otherwise be for some of these other quarterbacks. Um, I bet. Are you? Uh, I bet. Is is that fan base? Are they wanting Fields? Are yes. they wanting a QB? Like I'm sure they still like Matt yeah. Ryan. Or are they just ready to move on? Well, see, that's the thing, and th- this is kind of why I say this: it, the fan base has always been split on Matt Ryan. Half the fan base like rabidly loves him, like defends him to no end. Like he's their guy. Like even now, they're like, "No, we're not drafting a quarterback. Matt Ryan's not the problem. Like we need to build a defense around him." They want like Patrick Sertain at number four or something weird. Um, but the other half hates him, like, and has wanted him gone, like, even, like, even back when he was the MVP, like, they hated him, you know, like, it's really odd. Um, but yeah, but like, but yeah, it's like, to your other question, the, the fan base wants, uh, Justin Fields, like, badly. Um, he's like, you know, he's a Georgia kid, Falcons fans love players from Georgia, um, like they've had him in the building before. Like I think I'm pretty sure he grew up a Falcons fan. Falcons fans, they're kind of like Jazz fans in that way. Like if you're from, if you're from Utah and if you love the Jazz, like if you're a Jazz fan, like they love you. <laughs> you know? It's like, like Frank Jackson, yeah. like John Collins, like guys from Utah who also like kind of mentioned like we're like that. babies. If they if we love them, they love us back. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, the fan base is like all in on Justin Fields. Like they they all of them would love that pick um it would not surprise me at all if the falcons do that but uh but yeah like i think zach wilson's the better player but just you know fan base wise they would they would want justin fields ahead of zach wilson even even i think even knowing that zach wilson uh, is probably the better player right now <laughs> and and you see these guys mocked all over the place obviously mcshay was really getting dragged online about having fields mocked i think 15th or something like that to a new england yeah. um and but it's like, hey, like, 
he knows more than like I, like it's tough be, to criticize draft guys to me because it's like they are locked in we are not like i'm never questioning a mock draft again after what green bay pulled up <laughs> i promise you that um and like so it's just like i mean fields hat there's the northwestern stuff which is the game it's weird like i watched the northwestern game i watched two ohio state games this year i'm not you know me i'm not really i'm not i'm kind of hit or miss with college but like I watched the Northwestern game and he was horrible. And I was like, yeah. wow, like this is like, why is he going top five? Why is he the second overall pick in most of these mocks that I'm looking at? And then I watch him against Clemson. And I'm like, oh, like, I guess that's why. <laughs> like, yeah, he's, he's got a wide range to me. So like I could see him slipping. I could see him being high on teams, big boards. I could see him low, like same with uh, Lance for sure. And even Wilson, to a degree, with the competition, the 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 year before the tape is bad. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's like I could see a wide range with all these guys except Lawrence, of course. Yeah, it's funny um, from from the people that I've talked to that are really in on this stuff and like really know what's going on. Like there, other than Lawrence, there's no consensus of the order of the rest of the quarterbacks. Like even Mac Jones. Like I've heard some teams have Mac Jones above Justin Fields, and above Trey Lance. Like you know, like I. I like I I really think it's going to be all over the place. So like yeah, like Fields dropping to fifteen like wouldn't it'd be surprising? But like it's not unrealistic um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, and like you said, like he Fields is really odd. Like he he's got inconsistent footwork, which leads to inconsistent throwing accuracy. The arm is not as great as people think it is, uh, at least in comparison to the other guys in the draft class. His decision making's poor at times. He he he's not good about getting through his progressions and his reads. He takes too long in the pocket. His pocket awareness is not great. But he has like all the tools and all the traits that you would want. You know, like he's got a ton to work with. Um, personally, he reminds me a lot of Cam Newton, um, but like in the best and worst ways possible. <laughs> Like I, I think he actually, I think he actually compares to like the current version of Cam Newton uh, more than people probably want to admit, um, which is like both good and bad. Like he's a special runner and like he's he's huge and a great athlete, but like his throwing is all over the place and his decision making is all over the place and his accuracy is all over the place. And so I don't know. Like he, to me, I have like a boomer bust grade on him. I think he could really be great if he lands in the right spot, but he could also just completely bust out if he doesn't. And um, you know, that's a big thing. New yeah, England. and like exactly, like New England would be great for him. Um, I would be again. I'd be a little surprised if he made it that far, but but yeah, like yeah, right, right. To me, like when you go, when you it would have to be a situation like that for you to really like him, though. Yeah, well, like part of my thing with with Fields is like. When I watch his good games, I come away not that impressed. And when I watch his bad games, they're really bad, right? Like, his good games aren't as good as you think they are, and his bad games are, like, really, really bad. Like, they're worse than you probably thought they were. Yeah, the the other game I actually watch is the Indiana game. Because that was the other game where he wasn't very good at. Yeah. And it's just, like, he's just throwing it right to these guys. Like, he's not seeing it. Like, I don't know. It's weird with Fields sometimes. Yeah, well, like, his good games, um, he's usually making plays with his feet. Like, he, like, all the throwing stuff usually is still a problem. He just finds a way to make plays with his feet, right? And so that's, like, the weird thing. But, like, when I – Yeah, and it's, like, usually the sooner he goes to that, the sooner Ohio State starts to pull away. And yeah. <laughs> Obviously, last night, you know, bad, but – um, yeah and like the yeah. Clemson game the Clemson game frankly was like a total outlier like there's no other game any anything close to that Clemson game 
So I, I tend to think that is more of like an abnormal thing than like a normal thing he can do. Like his normal level of play is way worse than that. Um, but like I watched, I watched Justin Fields games and then I watched Zach Wilson and like Trey Lance. Uh, like, so I'd watch one Fields game, one Wilson game, one Lance game. And then I would go back there. I did that for like four games uh, for each of them, like back to back to back. And I did it like bad game, bad game, bad game, and good game, good game, good game. So I'm comparing bad to bad, good to good. And like all the things that Justin Fields struggles with, Wilson and Lance are like already really good at those things, right? And and again, like the bad games of Wilson and Lance, I thought were pretty actually like not that bad. Like I thought they played pretty well. I was like watching, I'm like, this is not really, that's not his best game, but it's not a terrible game. Like he's still playing pretty well. It's just not his best. And then their then their best games are like holy crap these guys are like amazingly elite right, um, but again like you watch that immediately after watching Fields and you're like yeah like those guys are just better like they're just better at everything than Fields is and their their good games are better than his good games and their worst games are way better than Fields' worst games you know so so I don't know I'm, I'm lower on Fields and higher on those two other guys but. I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see how those guys all kind of fall in order. Like, I totally get it with Fields. Like, you watch that Clemson game and you see the future vision of what he could be, and it's incredible. But you just – I know he's got a lot of work to get there and to be there consistently, which is scary. you there yeah hey sorry yeah i thought i thought i cut off for a second but yeah like i'm i'm low on fields like i'm i'll admit i'm low on fields i don't like what i've seen so far the clemson tape i think you're totally right that's an outlier um there's no game where he's playing like that. it was like it was like watching josh this year it was like watching josh allen from last year to this year it was just like what the like what like this is just like it's not even where did this yeah it's like not even the same player like nothing in that game is like like you don't you just like maybe you see flashes of it in his other games but none of his other games are anything like that clemson game it's like so out of character for him I'm really high in Wilson. I got to watch more Lance. And yeah, yeah, I think like that's a very interesting crop of QBs coming into the league. And then this year's rookies looked really good. There's some two Deshaun rumors. I mean, there's a, there's a big time QB cycle discussion coming this, this off season, I think with the Dak stuff, Wentz. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be something. Um, but yeah, I mean like, so uh, do you want to talk hoops at all? I mean, do you have thoughts as far as like what you've seen so far this year? Any jazz thoughts? Like, I've actually dove in quite a bit. Like, I um, watched quite a bit of their games, inconsistent as always. Um, do you have any NBA jazz thoughts to close this one up? I mean, I'm like, I, we talked a little bit about this pre-show but i just i don't know the nba to me and especially the jazz i'm just like a little bit checked out on the nba as a league as a whole is like really gone in the wrong direction uh for me i just i'm not that interested anymore <laughs> um i don't know just like all the just the constant drama the protection of star players the big market pandering i don't know it just is like 
it's no, just I get not it. the way. I, get it. I totally get. What yeah, you're saying. like I just so I I don't know. I'm not like as into the NBA as I used to be, and like this Jazz team, I just I don't know. Like I just don't really like this team. I think they're boring. They're hard to cheer for, in my opinion. It feels like a chore when I watch them. They're all over the place. You never know what team's going to show up on a given night. Um, their future looks pretty bleak from like an asset standpoint. I don't know, like <laughs> Donovan's struggling. Like, I don't know. It's just weird. They're just a weird team. Like, like I, I was asking the other night, I was like, who, like, what's the NFL compa- like equivalent uh, to the jazz? Like what, what NFL team are they? And like, people said like the Vikings. And I was like, yeah, that like, that makes a lot of sense. But I also kind of thought like the Steelers, like, like they're, they're, they're good, but they're old. And like, <laughs> they just like, you, you're just never quite sure what team is going to show up when it matters. Uh, you know, and like I could see them making the playoffs and having this great defense and then just getting annihilated by some team that they should probably beat. Like that feels a lot like this jazz team does like just very frustrating. Um, so I don't know. I don't have like a ton of like really spicy thoughts right now, just because to me, like teams are still figuring it out. Like they didn't really have like a preseason um, at least not in the classic sense. So I think you have to kind of wait till like game 20 to really know like, what teams are do like who they really are so i'm still kind of just like reserving judgment for now like there's no clear like contender tier for me yet um because like all the team like pretty much all the teams have been all over the place like I, I don't really know who the true what the true identity is of any team yet um you know especially the jazz so so yeah i don't know i'm still kind of in like wait and see mode but i don't know what your thoughts are on that I totally am with you. The Jazz are frustrating, for sure. I've actually watched quite a bit of their games early in the season. Um, not out of the norm, to be honest. But, like, they are incredibly frustrating. I mean, the next game, I was swearing off this team forever, and I was going to go on one of those runs where I don't watch them for two weeks because I'm so mad at them. Um, but then they suck you back in when they just dominate Milwaukee. And it's like, oh, geez, here they go again. And it's like, that's almost how I feel. It's like, oh, like they're going to suck me back in. Yeah, they they always do. (laughs) They're going to get me watching every night, you know. And and then they they go out and they take care of business Sunday against Detroit. Um, You look at the West standing, and you're totally right. It's tough to make judgments right now. And even with this Jazz team, to be fair, I'll lump them in with this. I mean, we're in the Jazz world, so we can live in their frustrations a little more. But all these teams are dealing with, all sorts of things. I mean, guys, they're playing with seven guys in Philly's <laughs> case. Philly was off to a great start. And then now they're just like lost a couple in a row. But I mean, they have no players. Um, and, you know, you look at the West standings and it's so funny. Everyone is like six and four, or yeah. five and five or five and four or four and five or six and three. Like, except for, no one's except for Phoenix, who just, I, I guess, is like maybe legit. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, and then, like, Phoenix, like, weirdly loses to Detroit. Like, Phoenix, yeah, they're sitting at 7-3 and three this year, and it's like they come in and they beat us. Like, they beat the Jazz pretty good. Oh, yeah, they crushed like, they were us. Really, they that was another us. game where I was like, I might – I got to tune this team out. But then I was watching the Clippers game the next night, so it got me in shackles, man. It's, <laughs> it's frustrating with the Jazz because I feel like they could definitely make the West Finals. Like, I don't even feel like I'm being homerish when I say that, like, if they if it broke right and they got the right draw and they started playing well and everything clicked, they could meet the Lakers and probably eventually lose or the Clippers or whoever. Um, and 
but I just also there's a world where it's like, okay, here we go, a matchup with like say Portland in round one, and they lose. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, or Denver. I mean? So it's like or, yeah. it's one of those situations. Yeah, it's just it's. I mean, you you want to know the truth is about that is is that we've been saying that for the last two years, and this is so we're the exact same team we've been for the last two years, you know. Um, which is exactly what I was trying to tell people before the season started. Like, this is the, this is the same team. <laughs> like, I, I don't think we should have different expectations than we did prior. But for some reason, everybody – I mean, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, you know, having the same team, the fans would react the same way, which is thinking we're some championship contender, um, which is what they thought we were the last two years. And then by the end of the season, they all realized that we weren't. But somehow we've talked ourselves into it for a third time, um, which it's just is hilarious <laughs> to me. But – like we yeah, are, we are, we are. Cycle, like we're the, yeah, like we, we're the same team. Like we we're good, not great. Um, like you said, if everything goes right, maybe we can make a run to the Western Conference Finals. But the reality is like that's probably not going to happen. And we're probably going to lose in the first or second round series of the playoffs again. And, uh, you know, we're probably going to do that the next year too. We're probably going to, at least we don't have a lot of money on the book. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah, at least we have cap space and at least we have lots of draft picks that we can do stuff with. And yeah, <laughs> like frankly, oh. and that's kind of why I'm like out of this. Like, I just, I just, I'm, I'm not really passionate about this team is because I've seen it the last two years and it's probably going to be the same team I'm going to see for the next half decade. And I just, I don't find that exciting. Like to me, being stuck in the middle is the most boring place to be like either be terrible and I can have fun with that because we, we have young players and it's fun to watch young players develop and I can really invest in that. We, we get high draft picks and we get more exciting opportunities that way, or you're just really good. And it's exciting because you're really good and you're just crushing people and you're winning games you should win. And you really have a legitimate chance to go far in the playoffs, but this team is like neither of those. And so uh, this is like ultimate misery to me as a fan is we're just stuck in the middle. And, you know, I, like I was talking, I was talking to a jazz uh, media member um, privately recently. And I was just telling them like, I just don't believe in this team. And they're like, Oh, come on. Here's all these reasons to believe. And I just said, look, they, I, I will not believe in this team. I, I will not believe this is more than a first round exit team until they prove it to me. And for the last two years, they have not proven that to me and they've done nothing this year to, to make this team any different. So why should I believe anything different than why, what, what I've seen the last two years? So, so again, like I'm still in like wait and see mode. Like, you know, it's been funny because a lot of the same concerns that I brought up and like other people like McCade brought up in the preseason, uh, we got a lot of hate for because we said, hey, here are some things we should be concerned about. Here's why we're criticizing the front office and the team for what they've done or haven't done. Uh, to see a lot of those things come true is just is, is kind of funny to me because we were so highly criticized for. But but like the matter of the fact is like. Like we like this is exactly who I expected them to be. And so, like, I know a lot of fans really disappointed in, in how they have played so far, but like I'm like weirdly not. Um, because it's, I don't know, like this is, this is not unexpected. So we'll see what they do. Um, but they, they, to me have a lot to prove. And I, I just don't see them proving otherwise that there, that there's something different than they've been the last two years. I don't see any reason why they would be, um, which, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. That's, it's so true. (laughs) That's kind of, that's a good jazz saying to have, um, 
And yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, it's, 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 it's going to be a team. You're right. I mean, it's the same team. I was going to say it'll be streaky, but that's who they've got. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, four in a row, lose three in a row. We'll probably, we'll uh, probably get hot to close the year and we'll probably end up as the fifth seed or the fourth seed or, you know. We'll lose the last like two games and might be the five seed or something. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, you know how it goes. Yeah. Like I, I picked them to be the fifth seed again this year and I, I have no reason to believe that that's going to change. You know, like I just, I just don't like, and, and like we talked about this before the season started, like the West got better uh, or or pretty much stayed the same. And so like, why should we anticipate, like some people are saying we're going to be like the two season stuff. I'm like, that's just not going to happen. Like, and so maybe in some weird, uh, you know, simulation where all the variables go our way, maybe that does happen. Um, but, you know, I just don't think it will. Like we're, we're just too inconsistent. We're not that talented. Our defense is not that good. Um, our offense is too streaky. We're not, we're not, uh, you know, we're not that flexible of a roster. Like it, we really kind of remind me of the old, like Lob City Clippers, like where they were really good, but they were really good at what they did. And they couldn't, they couldn't really play any other way. Like they, they didn't have enough versatility on their roster to change how they played. Um, and that's kind of how like I see us, like we, we don't have the versatile players to change how we play and that's going to give us problems. And it will always give us problems in the playoffs. If you don't have versatility in the playoffs, you, you run into trouble. And that's what happened to that old Lob City Clippers team. They ran into more versatile teams and they just could not adapt enough to, to find a way to win in the playoffs, despite being a really good team. And so I don't know. I like that comparison. I like that comparison because the team kind of fits it too, right? You got a lot of really, um, well, of course, you got the midi guard that's doing everything in the mid range, you know, dominating the ball um, the way Donovan does uh, a little bit. I mean, CP probably had it more than Donnie even does, did, but um, and then you got the gravity big with Blake, and then you, you got it with Rudy. So, I, I mean, that's really a good comparison. I, um, yeah. But we saw there was a cap. Yeah, that. exactly. And that, and that's just kind of my thing. Like, and, I actually think that Clippers team is pretty underrated by people. Like they were legitimately fun and exciting to watch. And I thought they were really good. It's just, you know, they just, they had some bad luck with injuries and then they had just bad playoff matchups, but like, that's that again, like that's the jazz. Like the only difference is they, they were more reliant on their offense. Whereas the jazz are reliant on their defense, but we're just like the inverse image of that, of that Clippers team. And so, and like, you know, that was always the talk of that Clippers team. Like, there's a chance that they could break through and that they could go on and do all these great things if they just get the right matchups and whatever, but it just, things just never all went their way. And so they just kind of were a forgotten team that always seemed to underperform. And that's exactly how I feel about us. So, so I don't know if like that's, if that's something to get excited about, then be excited about it. I've, I've been telling jazz fans (laughs) to, you know, and and to to invoke the name of the podcast to keep low expectations, um, <laughs> right? Because right. you will low expectations, you will, guys. you'll be more happy if you have low expectations. Like for example, if if this was the team that we had coming out of the gate after the Gordon Hayward uh, incident happened, right? Like that first year after he left, we would be so excited. Like this would be so fun because we're our our expectations were so low going into that year, and then this is this is better than really low expectations. So then therefore you're happy. Right. But, but but because we're going into the season with high expectations, at least a lot of people went into the season with really high expectations. A lot of people are disappointed 
because like we're we're playing at the same level. It's just your perception of how you're of how you're viewing it and how you're valuing it depending on your expectations, right? So so just imagine that Hayward just left. We're supposed to be bad, and you'll be super happy. But if you think we're a championship team, you're going to be miserable all year because we're not, and that's just the reality of it. So so have low expectations. Have fun. Don't don't get too upset or too crazy about things like. Don't throw Donovan under the bus again like everybody's been doing again because um, he's starting slow to the season again. Like, just relax. Like, Donovan's fine. The team's going to be just fine. We're just going to do our thing and just have low expectations and enjoy it. <laughs> I think that's a perfect way to end the pod. I mean, you know, I think that's a perfect way to end the pod. Like, but, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Low expectations, Chaz fans. I'm not sure why you're expecting anything different. We are the Chaz yeah. control. Um. But hey, if something different happens, <laughs> it'd be great. We'll be happy. <laughs> it'd be great. It'd be great. Yeah. So, but yeah, man. Anything else? Any? You know, we we hit a little bit of everything today: playoffs, draft, um, NBA, jazz. Anything else you want you want to talk about before we get? No, out I think of I'm here? good. I mean, you know me. I could talk. Can I get your capital storming building <laughs> take? Just I mean, if you if you I'm really want me to, I've been pretty vocal about that on uh, on social media. <laughs> so um, I don't want to. No, you don't got to drop it here, man. No worries. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, you know me. I could talk sports all day. I mean, there's so many other things I could I could talk about. Um, but no, I just appreciate you having me on the pod. You know, if anybody wants to continue these conversations or whatever, feel free to follow me on Twitter. Just know I'm like a very blunt person on Twitter. Like I just I just. One of the best balls there are, not just I just the, one of the I just say what I think, you know, and I don't know, like I, I have strong opinions and I here's the thing, like people think I'm like arrogant, but the, the the fact is like I have my opinion and until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume my opinion is correct. That's why I have my opinion. I don't I don't say things that I believe are wrong, like it, that makes no sense. Like, why would I, why would I say something if I believe it's wrong? Right. So you, you have to assume when I right. say something, I think it's right. And until proven otherwise, I'm going to assume it's right, you know? And so some people, some people think I'm arrogant or whatever, but it's just, that's just me having an opinion and being strong with it. And I'm more than happy to have an open conversation and explain things with you and be cordial and uh, respectful in doing that. But, uh, but yeah, if you come at me and tell me I'm an idiot, I'm probably going to throw back some sarcastic comment about your intelligence level in some form or fashion. And then you may be offended. <laughs> so that's just kind of how it works. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, like you're never going at anyone unless they're saying something first. Look, like, I don't look, my, my dad, or anything. my dad growing up when I played sports, he said, you never start the fight but if someone starts the fight then you then you match their energy and you finish it and that's that's how i roll on twitter i'll never i'll never look going you know i never go looking for a fight but if you come looking for a fight with me i'll i'll fight with you and you know i have a i have a reputation because of that sometimes and i've tried to get better at it but it just is what it is but anyways if you want to come talk sports you know I, I talk football basketball draft all that stuff politics we, you know it's always always an interesting time um so yeah more than happy to continue on the conversations on of any of this stuff if you want to tons of baseball tweets as well if you want to tune into any francisco lindor trade thoughts he has lots of those <laughs> um, baseball's not a sport no Stop man. it. <laughs> uh, just kidding, man. Thank you again, though, for coming on. You're the best. Uh, Got to have you coming back on if the Packers make the Super Bowl.
promised me that Super Bowl preview. Oh yeah, no. Even if uh, even if the Packers don't, I'd be more than happy to do that. And we'll have to do some like uh, NFL draft stuff too. 